name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. You may recall over the years, or perhaps uh, you were new to the Orthodox faith, I've been hearing this phrase for almost 30 years now in the Synaxarian of the great and holy Paschal Orthros, it says that he was seen by them five times on that day. And I sort of just let it go in one and out the other. And a year or so ago, I thought, well, I wonder what those five times were. I wonder if we could line them up. So I set out to study it. And um, I gave an hour lecture on this. I know I don't have an hour. <laughs> So we'll see uh, how quickly you can move through this. The first appearance came um, after uh, the women saw the stone rolled away from the tomb by the angel. This is in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. They were there. They were waiting for something to happen. It wasn't that they had heard any great news the stone hadn't been rolled away they were there and the angel came and sat on the stone and, and you know rolled the stone away and there was an earthquake and it says that they were filled with great fear and joy saint saint uh gregory palamas says mary magdalene was fear filled with fear and and the mother of the lord was filled with joy <laughs> so the same event, they were filled with great fear and joy, and Mary Magdalene went that way, and the mother of the Lord and the others went this way. Afterwards, to, to go tell the disciples, or to go home. It said they were going to go home. And so on their way, the Lord meets them. The Lord appears to his mother. And, he, and St. Gregory Palismus makes a big point that he appeared first to his mother. And we, and, we, and we think that there's a contradiction in the scripture because it says that he appeared to Mary Magdalene first on that day. And the way he reconciles this is he says it wasn't quite dawn yet. In fact, it said it was very at the it says at the end of the Sabbath, in that it was very dark and very early in the morning. And so he appeared to his mother. It says, it doesn't say the Lord's mother, the Virgin Mary, it says the mother of James, the mother of James and Joseph. But we know that this is a reference to the Virgin Mary because James and Joseph were sons of of Joseph and so she legally or counted or was referred to in, in vague language as a mother of James and Joseph and so they go to the Apostles and the Apostles basically said we don't believe anything that you're saying and Mary Magdalene comes back and to the tomb. St. Gregory Palmas thought she was in some state of shock. That the fear 
Well, what would happen to you if you saw an earthquake and an angel and the Lord, the Lord's not there? I mean, I'm, I think I'd be in shock too. And so she comes back and there's two angels. The, the Lord is, is risen. And then she hears these words, Mary, and she thinks he's the gardener. And it says she turns and then... He, and then she, he calls the name, her name, and she turns and faces him. You know, Rabboni. She, she recognizes him. And now she goes and she runs and gets Peter and John. And Peter and John come. And, you know, the, 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 the story ends and, and they hastened to the tomb or from the tomb wondering at what had happened that's this is the english translation you know the term wonder can mean confused i wonder what happened right it can also be full of wonder right and so did peter believe when he saw it did he wonder what had happened or did he believe it he believed it. And I'll tell you two reasons why I believe he believed it. That he believed that the Lord had risen from the dead. Because the fourth Eothenon interprets these Gospels for us, and it says that Peter hastened to behold and glorified thy wonders in himself. What does that sound like? And I'll get to the other reason later. That's at least one reason. And so now he's appeared to the Lord's mother, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, and now he's going to appear to Luke and Cleopas on the road to Emmaus. And he comes up and they don't recognize him. What are you talking about with each other as you walk along the way and you're sad? Don't you know, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? You don't know about Jesus of Nazareth. And he was great among the men, and he was arrested, and they crucified him. And some said that they went to the tomb, and he wasn't there, and he was risen from the dead. And it's been three days since all of this has happened. And Jesus said, O oh, foolish men, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. And then he opened the scriptures to them. And he explained to them how, I, how Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and, and the prophet David through the Psalms, well, all of these things that were speaking of him. And they invited him to come and stay for dinner. And when he broke the bread... Their eyes were opened, and he disappeared. And they said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he opened the scriptures to us? He opened the scriptures, and he broke the bread. Does this sound like anything that you have ever seen or participated in before? He opened the scriptures, and he broke the bread. This is the divine liturgy. 
And they did not recognize him outside of the divine liturgy. They were looking straight at him and they didn't recognize him. They didn't know really who he was. They knew he was Jesus, but did they really know and believe he was God? They scattered. They were afraid. They didn't recognize him. They thought he was a gardener. They thought he was a stranger. But when he opened the scriptures and he broke the bread, their eyes were opened and their hearts burned. That puts us in the same place with them. Where St. Gregory Palismus says they have no advantage having walked with him over us who, part who meet the risen Lord in the divine liturgy. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Seems like he's always disappearing from our sight, doesn't it? We're all, all, always reaching out for him. He's there and beyond. And we go to meet him in the heavenlies. And although there's not a specific account in the gospel lesson, St. Saint Paul says, let's see if I can find this, 1 Corinthians 15, 5, <clears throat> it says that the Lord appeared to Peter. St. Paul tells us that the Lord appeared to Peter. And when the men got back, when Luke and Cleopas came back to the, di the disciples in the upper room, what did they say? The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared unto Simon. They declared it. And so the four, four times he has appeared, and they didn't believe it. Finally, the fifth one. This is the one that we read today. Behind the closed doors, behind the, the seal the seal of the door. While, you know, the, 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 the virgin's womb was sealed and the Lord came to us. The tomb was sealed and the Lord came to us. The door was closed and the Lord came to us and appeared to us and manifest in our midst. And he came to them. Give me, come and, and, and feel me. It's flesh and bones. Give me something to eat. He breathed on them. And eight days later, Apostle Thomas was not there. He said, unless I believe, unless I see and touch, I won't believe. So he gave him the opportunity. Come, eight days later, come, put your hands in the nail prints. Put your fingers in the nail prints. Put your hand in my side. St. Nikolai says when he placed his hand in the Lord's side that he received the same power and authority that the other apostles had received on that resurrection day when he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
it seems incumbent to us that when we come forward today to receive the Holy Communion, meeting the risen Lord in the divine liturgy, having the opportunity to touch and feel him and to taste him and to bring him into ourselves that we might hear the Lord quietly whispering to us, be not faithless, but believing. St. Athanasius in his book on the, the Incarnation has a section in there about the resurrection. And we celebrate the translation of his relics today, uh, on May 2nd as well as his departure from this life. On May 2nd, it came so swiftly after Pascha it almost flew past us. But we should say something about St. Athanasius Day and maybe read a quote or two. All the disciples of Christ despise death. They take the offense, they take an offensive against it instead of fearing it, and by the sign of the cross and by faith in Christ, trample on it as something dead. You suppose the writer of the hymn, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, may have drawn some inspiration from St. Athanasius. Even children hasten thus to die, and not men only. Women train themselves by bodily discipline to meet it. So weak has death become that even women who used to be taken by it mock it now as dead, a dead thing, robbed of all its strength. You can't help but think what kind of impression the martyrdom of St. Catherine might have made on his young mind as he witnessed this and other martyr, Christian martyrs going to their death. Death has become like a tyrant who has been completely conquered by the legitimate monarch bound hand and foot. Now the passers-by jeer at him, hitting him, abusing him, no longer afraid of his cruelty and rage because of the king who has conquered him. You know, we believe that when relics are translated, things happen. And this particular uh, commemoration on, on May 2nd was of a former uh, moving of relics of Athanasius, I think, from Alexandria to Italy. But in 1973, a portion of those relics were returned to Egypt on St. Athanasius Day, May 1973. And I believe things happen when relics are moved, and the church does too, and that's why we commemorate it. You know, Father Richard Ballou, God rest his soul, discovered the writings of St. Athanasius the Great in May of 1973. I believe, and he would always tell you, St. Athanasius came to me.
many miraculous things. What is this dust of St. John <laughs> the theologian? The dust of his grave? Well, think about it for a second. You remember later on, not the five appearances on that day, but later on when they were fishing by the seashore, Peter said, my favorite, my favorite verse practically in the whole Bible, I'm going fishing. And, and uh, he went fishing. He went fishing. And the Lord, they, they, they didn't catch anything all night. You know, it's like deja vu, right? <laughs> this, is, this is happening all over again. And the Lord appears and says, cast on the other side. And they catch 153 fish. And, uh, and, but he already has a fish cooking on the seashore and they have breakfast together, and then he restores St. Peter threefold because of his threefold denial. And then he says, looking back on this teenager, John, right? John the disciple, your, your favorite, I know he's your favorite. What about this man? What, what's going to happen to him? Jesus says, what is that to you? And some people interpreted that he wasn't ever going to die. But he didn't say, John says in his gospel, he didn't say when they're going to die. He just says, what is that to you? And so we read the Synaxarian and it says he walked down into his grave and they buried him. And then when they dug it up, his body wasn't there. Wow. Is there some kind of a connection here? I mean... I don't know what to make of all of this other than that I believe it and that, and that people have been healed by the dust coming up from his grave and this I know too that no one in this room has ever venerated the relics of St. John the theologian. <laughs> right? Where are they? So we commemorate this wonderful event on this day. Finally, number four. Okay, so I had to, I had to hit St. John the Theologian, St. Thomas, uh, Athanasius Day, and Mother's Day. <laughs> that, was the, that was an order. That was a command. <laughs> so we're almost done here. No, I, do, I do want to wish all of our mothers uh, a happy Mother's Day. And I just had one thought. If I could offer perhaps an exhortation to our mothers as well as expressing our love for all of our mothers. St. John and his epistle lesson, you know, St. John is the, he's the apostle of love, isn't he? The apostle of love. And he says in his love for us, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not live according to the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And I think there's 
a divine dilemma here that he was able to solve in how he was able to express love and truth at the same time because God is love and God is truth at the same time. And when we come to the Holy Communion, we're going to do two things before we receive the Holy Communion together in fellowship with one another by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are going to express our faith and then we are going to express our love in the, in the, in the Nicene Creed and in the embrace of peace. We must hold these things together in our lives and in our relationship with our children, in relationships with our grandchildren, with our relatives, with our co-workers, with our friends, and with everyone we meet. Love without faith. Faith without love. They need each other. They go together. They are married to one another. And the Lord teaches us this and we enter into this each day. And so with a mother's love, let us hold true to the faith and, and, and proclaim the truth in love. Christ is risen.